Welcome to the Navigating Dental Insurance Podcast, where we don't take from insurance companies. Here are your hosts, Mr. Jordan Comstock and Mr. Ben Duinay. This podcast is sponsored by BoomCloud Dental Membership Software, www.boomcloudapps.com, and Veritas Dental Resources, www.veritasdentalresources.com. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. This is Ben Tuiney and Jordan Comstock. Real quick here, we wanted to announce our conference that's coming up here November 3rd, 2018 here in Salt Lake City, Utah. Sorry, November 2nd. (laughs) (laughs) That's why it's always great to have a uh, a (laughs) co-host. You like the the, the still small voice in the back of my head. In this case, it was a a nice bass sound. November 2nd. November 2nd. Uh, Yeah. So November 2nd, folks, check out our website, sayonotoppeals.com to register. Uh, just click on the 2000, what does it say there? Events? Yeah, and it's, uh, it's sayonotoppeals.com forward slash event dash 2018. If you go to the homepage of our website, you'll see it right there at the top of the menu as well. So it doesn't really matter if you go directly to that link we said. Um, ben, should we share a promo code right now? Yeah, yeah. So the promo code that we thought of is... INS, abbreviation for insurance. So INS sucks. <laughs> so INS sucks is the promo code, and you'll get 50% off if you register there. Uh, anything else, Jordan? No, that's it, man. We hope to see you guys there. Rock and roll. Looking forward to it. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Navigating Dental Insurance Podcast. My name is Jordan Comstock, and today Ben is out working while I'm playing here on the podcast. It's going to be awesome. Uh, but yeah. today I have an awesome guest. He's a good friend uh, and a company that is well is talked about a lot on our podcast. Uh, I have Alex Nudell from Revenue Well. Alex, what's up, brother? How are you, Jordan? Doing good, nice man. to be here with you. Yeah, it's good to finally do this podcast. I know we've been chatting about doing a podcast with you for a while, but it's finally it's good to have you on. <laughs> it's good to be on. Yeah, man. So uh, tell us what. Um, for those of our listeners out there that don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get involved in dentistry? How did you get involved with Revenue Well? Um, got involved with dentistry in 1997. Okay. When uh, my ex-wife went to dental school, I uh, just loved all about uh, learning something new and exciting. I was in the automobile business uh, before that. Oh, cool. And before that, in the jewelry business and everything that had to do with retail sales, basically. And so I got really interested in uh, being able to just see what's going on in the school, Nova Southeastern University. Uh, She opened up her first practice in 2001. And uh, at that time, I had sold one of my high-tech businesses. Uh, I don't know if you are familiar with this thing called the iPhone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the original H of came from us. So oh, that really? was kind of cool. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> A lot of people don't know that about us. So uh, basically, oh. um, sold one of our businesses. Um, had a really cute little child, just like yourself, a little girl running around <laughs> nice. that I wanted to spend time with and started kind of digging into what she was trying to do, how she was trying to buy a practice. And she wasn't going to practice for money per se and to be this huge dentist. She just wanted to uh, work a couple of days a week. And uh, Patterson Dental got involved with me and said, there's more to it. She's going to run out of space. 
come take a look at something. And so we decided to build a bigger practice, knowing that we're going to be running it for a long time. I took a lot of continuous education, went traveling all over the places, the best coaches, and uh, found out that that's a great place to put my money. As an investor, it's tough to get more than what you're getting out of your dental practice. Yeah. So that was kind of exciting to me. Hire, and, getting a uh, coach involved into the practice? Uh, multiple coaches. Oh, One okay. for myself personally Yeah. because I was out of control, unaccountable, and doing everything. And was actually making things worse in the office because of the way that I was acting, being an absentee manager. Yeah. running around, you know, doing my things and thinking that's still good. Yeah. So, yeah. yes, uh, early on, early on, I knew that I needed a coach. Uh, just like anybody, I, I know that I wanted my daughter to do karate. She needed a coach. I wanted her to play uh, guitar. She needed yeah, a coach. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, definitely uh, all into coaching. Uh, but really found out as I became a coach myself that implementation was one of the most biggest challenges that I had. And so I've used other systems that were out there, um, never had that one solution that actually did the patient care part of it. Yeah. And that was a big challenge. And got together with some really cool people, and we wanted to make a difference in the healthcare industry. And this is how Revenue Well came about in 2010. Very cool. Awesome. And, and Revenue Well, is it a family-owned business? It's not a family-owned business. Okay. It seems that way. Yeah, yeah. But it, everyone <laughs> seems like family there, so it's good. <laughs> Just because they call me uncle doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I am the oldest one in the whole entire group really? of the geniuses over there. I am. I am. Um, well, I think our director of marketing is a little bit a couple of years older, but we don't say that. <laughs> yeah, we don't mention that. <laughs> we don't mention that. Yeah, that's awesome. So kind of cool stuff. And so as it comes to you uh, with the boom, we started out – yeah, just anything that we could take. Yeah. Uh, realized that it was very expensive for us to maintain uh, the path that we were going. Our overhead was really high and our fees were really low with insurance. And uh, at one point, when we had enough patients, I'm not saying that it's a thing for everybody to do, we totally. started weeding out uh, uh, the insurances. Very and uh, once we found out that that was a great thing, we had enough patients to go totally fee-for-service, but we still do everything that we can for the insurance patients. We get their information, we verify their insurance, and uh, we help them out. But there are other tools in our bag as well that we have done for a long time and know that even if we want to do it ourselves, we weren't as successful as uh, what you and I are going to talk about. Yeah, yeah, totally. So tell us, so you still own that practice. It's still running and operational. I do. Awesome. it's I'm your, a partner in it. Your, your partner in it, which is very cool. Um, I love hearing that. Um, I I came from the the dental lab side, Alex. I don't know if you yeah. knew that about me. So, um, and my my whole family, my dad and my brothers manage the dental lab. So, um, we all come from the the dental. We're all we have family in the dental side, right? <laughs> That's right. Um, um, That's right. Or on the clinical side, I should say. But yeah, tell us tell us a little bit about that. You you were in network with with a lot of PPOs. I don't know if it was a yeah. lot. How many? How many PPOs were you at the time? Ten. Ten PPOs, which is a good amount in my opinion. I think if you've, you're over ten or over it's five, you, yeah, you've got to relook at that. So, what made you guys want to reduce 
dependence on the PPOs and get rid of some of them? We wanted to scale our business uh, and we wanted to increase our hourly production. And so we had at that point 20% of our FIFA service patients paying us 30, 40, 50% more. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we said, we want more of those. <laughs> and so in order to concentrate on bringing those in, we started creating different schedule blocks for FIFA service versus our insurance patients. I'll give you, for instance, our peak times, which were our 8, 9, and 10 o'clock appointments in the morning, mm-hmm. and our 3, 4, and 5 o'clock in the afternoon became only FIFA service appointments. Okay. So and you... so... Go ahead, go ahead. So we blocked out those times, and if there was going to be a crown that was going to be put on for restoration for the doctor or anything else like that, we were going to put a FIFA service patient on there. We started marketing for FIFA service patients when we started doing our new patient specials. Because, yes, insurance started bringing us when we first started out some cool patients that had, you know, worked in companies around our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. But... Once we started doing the marketing, the marketing was 100% focused on FIFA service patients. Yeah, let's let's drill into that a little bit because Kevin White was on our show yesterday and he talked about the importance of messaging, right? Marketing messaging. How did you guys craft your your message to FIFA service patients? If you remember, <laughs> I do remember. Okay, okay. <laughs> it was only 15 years ago. Okay, only 15 I, I years. I do remember. Not... <laughs> yeah. So the world of dentistry was very different. Yeah, of course. So what we've decided to do was invest into our practice to be able to. So that was our like five-year goal uh, yeah. to be able to start providing different types of services where a lot of the services are not covered by your dental insurance. insurance. So we started doing implants, we started doing cosmetic cases, we started doing sleep in the office and stuff like that to where we were able to market for those type of patients Mm -hmm. inside of our community and inside of our database. We used and still use EagleSoft. So we had these people that we were referring out to a specialist that we started uh, keeping in-house and those people were paying... uh, regular fees and writing checks and we kind of like that yeah of course yeah who doesn't you don't have to deal with yeah all that <laughs> so at one point we were marketing for just new patients and then all of a sudden we're marketing for bridge work and we're marketing for crown and bridge and inlays onlays we purchased the seric yeah. with the promise of being able to deliver now just because we purchased the seric doesn't mean that 100 percent of our stuff was being able to be done i mean you're talking about in 2004 2005 the early, uh, <laughs> we we couldn't so our lab is very important to us and there's course. no question about it but um we we went that way we started doing the technology we went and we bought a 3D unit and we started uh, marketing um, all kinds of predictable implant services. And yeah. the area that we're in, uh, most of the people reacted and would come and start writing checks. And so we started really figuring out what is it that we want to do? Do we want to black out an hour for a four surface composite that is going to take you know about an hour start to finish and it's going to gross us 200 bucks? Or we're going to do an inlay on lay crown, bridge, 
uh, implant. So the crowns were a thousand bucks a pop, for instance, and took the same hour to prep and get everything done or place four implants in the same hour for 6,000 bucks. So we started going out for the higher cases and uh, succeeded. Not saying that every practice in the world would. Yeah, but of course. Yeah. That, that's where things started going that way. And, and we still help the people with insurance, but we've had major problems keeping our fee-for-service patients. Yeah. That's where it all started uh, going downhill to where they started looking elsewhere. Uh, and then there was started a lot of advertising on, you know, spend $250 with us, get this cleanings, exams, 20% off. Yeah. We, we just know how to handle that. And we wanted to implement something like that in our practice as well. And we're not as successful until we went on a program. Awesome. Yeah. So I think, I think for those of the, practices out there that are looking to drop dental insurance um working you know in in the network in in the ppo network uh, which a lot of our listeners are doing in fact i was on uh, following a facebook post the other day of a practice that was just so sick and tired of of working with with dental insurance um they're like we're, we're sick of dropping our fees from you know 40 to 50 percent uh, which is insane to me, um, and we want to figure out how to uh, get out of of network and and all that stuff. I I would imagine that a lot of practices out there, I know for a fact, will will try and rip the bandaid off and drop a lot of PPOs right like all at once, which I don't recommend doing. It's kind of crazy to do that. Did you guys? You guys? It sounds like you guys took it little by little and you looked at did you look at your like your PPO plans analyze it and then kind of drop that and do some more marketing or how did you guys approach that correct so we would have our marketing uh, planning meeting every month and uh, semi-annual and annual and so it was a part of our uh, vision is to get rid of some of the insurance companies that were not paying us the fees and also not driving us the customers yeah. and the customers that were coming in from there were you know they they didn't realize they didn't know who the dentist was they didn't know who's <laughs> making the decisions they thought the insurance company had the best dentist in the world making decisions for them uh telling them whether they should get this crown or not and and really insurance policies have drastically changed over the years where before you can do something every two three years now it's every five years <laughs> and Patients just don't understand it. I'll tell you the truth. I don't understand that anymore. Yeah. You know, we have yeah. these wonderful people that do it. I know I have dental insurance, and I want to go to somebody that is going to help me spend my 1500 bucks. but I, I, I don't have to uh, go in network. I want to go to where I want to go. Yeah. And a lot mm -hmm. of my friends and uh, our patients are the same way. They just want to go and get the work that they want to get, and they have it, they have it, and they don't, they don't. But the retention part of the fee-for-service has been a big challenge. A big challenge. And okay. yes, and this is what I'm hoping to get some information from you yeah. on how to deal with that in the system because a lot of dentists say, you know what, I'm just going to go get uh, the Delta Dental Fee and uh, take that book and offer it to my customers, not realizing what they're actually doing. Yeah. I mean, I always you know me, Alex. I'm I'm big with I membership do. programs. Um, yes. I, I think starting some type of membership program to attract the the uninsured and, and the the patients that are going to pay cash. That's that's a way to retain patients because that's 
as you know, is a huge uh, point, you know, huge benefit of the practice is retaining patients. You, the, the biggest issue in a lot of practices is they, they have attrition, right? Um, well, every, every business yeah. has attrition, right? And then at the same time, I think what you guys are doing at Revenue Well with, with, with patient communication um, and getting patients to remember to, to make their appointments and to come back or if they, they do treatment, um, your guys' software allows if, – if you, like, do a treatment plan with, with a patient, um, your software will – will it remind the patient that they've been given a treatment plan and, and try to prompt yeah. them? Kind of talk about that with, with um, helping patients come back. Because that 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 is a problem. I mean, I I know the importance of dental care. I don't have dental insurance, Alex, um, and I struggle going to the dentist. <laughs> like I I don't go right and come and, to us. Come to yeah, us. Yeah, I'll, I'll we'll take over, care of yeah, Jordan it, over in Miami. Right, I'll fly over there. Is yeah. that where the practice is? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds great. We'll go hang on the beach. Um, but um, how how does a patient communication software help? with uh with bringing patients back in and 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 retaining from what well, from what you've seen <laughs> there's there's many different ways because we actually know the patient we know the patient's charts yeah. we know teeth numbers and perio pockets and dental codes and all of these things are great what we do in order to uh get them back in is we stay on top of mind and we absolutely have the healthy patient approach. We want all of our patients to be healthy. We talk about preventative dentistry Mm -hmm. and how uh, we're trying to stop everything from happening. And so routine is routine. But besides this, I have a bigger question for you. (laughs) All right. Let's do it. I'm going to turn this, I'm going to turn this all around on you. And <laughs> I'm the guest now on my uh, own podcast. <laughs> you are now the guest. And so here's where I'm having all kinds of fun and I want to help my Revenue Well customers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to help them grow. And so we give them great information along the way uh, during the year of what they could do with their practice and their whole nine yards. But how can you help my customers be more successful and grow their practice through your solution? Through through a, a membership program and what we what we're yes. with. Yeah. So most practices um, want to be out of network or, or get out of dental insurance, right? So and that's that's what I'm all about and what our what our solution is all about is allowing practices to create um, an in-house membership program to generate one predictable recurring revenue on the on the business side of things and then two to help retain uninsured patients um you know that that need coverage and and some sort of benefit right because as you know alex most patients go to the dentist because they feel like they have some sort of benefit right a plan or a benefit right um and if a patient like me doesn't have dental insurance or or like over half the united states they don't have dental insurance right um, they feel like they need to have some type of benefit to go to the practice. So by creating a membership program in the office, right, the, the practice is able to attract a different type of patient, right, a patient that needs dental work. A lot of the times patients are maybe um, getting ready to retire or they've retired, and they're the, they're the patients that need uh, dental care the most because – 
their teeth are starting to wear out, right? I saw this countless times at the dental lab, right? Most of the patients that needed the most care didn't have dental insurance because they retired and their, their, their dental plan was dropped. And it's really, really expensive for them to go and get dental insurance from a provider right out there. So by attracting that type of patient, number one, you're going to uh, generate a, uh, well, by tr attracting that type of patient with a membership program, you're going to generate a predictable recurring revenue stream for your practice, which is a revenue stream that is very uncommon in dentistry, if you ask me, to have that predict predictable recurring flow of cash coming in each month or each year. And then number two is you're going to uh, allow um, that patient to um, get discounts and, and deals on on uh, treatment and uh, whatever they need, right? Um, so I would I, I look at a membership program in, in in a few ways. One, it's a patient attraction tool, so it acts as a marketing piece for the practice. Uh, sure. Two, it acts as a retention tool to help retain the patients. Because, Alex, are you on, are you an Amazon Prime member by chance? I am. Okay. Most most everybody. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I have six apples, two carrots, and three uh, celery sticks being delivered in about an hour. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's cool. That's super cool. So as an Amazon Prime member, you probably buy a lot of things off of Amazon because you are subscribed, right? Um, and I'll check off that Prime box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Prime box and everything. So you – are more loyal to that because to that company because you are subscribed to them and you get benefits right as a subscriber so the same concept happens in the dental practice you get more loyal patients they end up buying more with the practice because of the benefits like the like the slight discounts and I'm not talking about big discounts like the PPOs are doing most practices when they create a membership program it's like 10 to 20 percent discount right sure. And friends it, and family type of a deal. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's the retention side, where, and then a combination of case acceptance, right? Um, it's a membership program is a case acceptance tool that allows um, the practice to use a discount as a selling strategy, right, in the practice, or a case acceptance tool in the practice. Um, so up to how much money? Say that again. Up to how much money? Like the what, same as the fifteen hundred bucks no. uh, limit. It's an unlimited uh, discount is what uh, – so if I need six crowns, right, I don't, I don't take care of my teeth. Actually, I do. I don't have a crown. <laughs> um, if I have you know, a, a good amount of work done, there's no limits on a membership program versus on insurance, right? You're limited to a certain amount, right? Um, no, no practice that I've seen, they don't add a maximum on there. Um, which do I, I have to do a predetermination? Yeah, I no, <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> that's the, that's, that's the, expensive. It's that's very, expensive. <laughs> yeah, none of that insurance stuff you've got to do with the membership program, right? It's you will never turn me down. <laughs> no, I will never turn you down. <laughs> I will never you. deny your claim. <laughs> there is no claims to deny, actually. So. <laughs> Um, that's you the, mean that patients are actually giving you money right away yeah. as they're coming in? They're like, he, here's my money, here's my discount and yeah. everything, and I don't have to go through any of that yeah. nonsense. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's the cool thing about a membership program. You you don't have to deal with the red tape of, of dental insurance, right? Um, and, and in my opinion, I don't think uh, dentistry or any healthcare should have the red tape it has um, with what, what insurance has done to, to the industries, right? 
Um, so that's that's kind of what a, a membership program can do for for attraction, right? Use it as a marketing tool. Use it as a patient retention tool, um, and then a case acceptance tool. Those are the three concepts I typically talk about. So, give me a good formula. <laughs> you know, the dream, the dream. The dream. Would it be fifty-fifty to have fifty percent of my patients on insurance that I still get a good patient flow from that are compliant patients that are doing everything, and fifty percent of my patients be members? Yeah, I would say most practices that we help are are in that boat, right? Where they're where they're growing their program to a, a, a portion of their their patient base, and then the other portion still is. In, with insurance or they're trying to reduce that insurance like what you guys did and become fee for service with a membership program uh, a lot like Gary Takis I don't know if you know you, of course, of you know course Gary. everyone knows Gary <laughs> Gary's been on our, on our show multiple times uh, and I've done multiple webinars with Gary but um, he, uh, they went out of network a, a few years back but then he, he also has his membership program to help retain and, and attract patients right yeah so um, that's so I actually, my balance at one point was 50% of my patients were insurance, 30% were membership, and 20% were fee-for-service yeah. without anything. And so the membership were actually the most predictable patients yeah. because they're actually paying out of their pocket and they feel it, they're writing checks, they're coming in. Yeah, and they were the best patients because not only are they coming in, they feel confident. Just to give you an idea. I'm going through treatment right now, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting next to a guy that is next to me, and I just did a PET scan. And uh, the guy next to me paid two and a half thousand dollars for that scan, and I paid one hundred and forty-three dollars uh-huh. through my insurance, twenty percent copay. It's ridiculous. Yeah, big time. And he- pays you don't even have to wait for anything i'll pay you the full fee just in cash and it's not possible so a lot of people that do go on the insurance and so we actually through revenue well have a great way pushing it out to customers that want to buy it as gifts for their kids for their parents just like you said yeah you know people that are retired are fantastic customers they're opportunities all on four their opportunities a lot of implants a lot of restorative work they have the money, they want to travel, they want to look good, you know, they, they want to be in all the pictures. So, <laughs> yeah. especially down here. Yeah, with so, the grandkids, right? Pictures of the grandkids. <laughs> that's right. We have the same teeth. <laughs> so, it's, it's kind of exciting. I, I'm a huge fan. Um, when it comes to revenue, well, the cool part about it is marketing it internally. Yeah. So I, I believe, and maybe maybe I'm not right, um, I believe that you have to market it externally, absolutely, yes. go out, spend some dollars, and get your customers. But internally, you can do it through revenue well without having to spend a penny, yeah, that's the, and uh, actually that's the low go after fruit. The low-hanging fruit is what I usually tell practices. Start with your uninsured patient base and you know use a platform like RevenueWell to, to communicate with them about it. Yeah, and so we actually have a little button inside that says patients that do not have insurance. Awesome. But at this time of the year, I like to communicate to patients that do have insurance that might not have it. Yeah, they might not have it. Yeah. And And that's something. And uh, sorry, uh, also keep in mind that uh, open enrollment is coming up too. So patients are more 
they're thinking more about their dental plans and their health plans. Um, sure. So if you if your office you know is is talking to your patients regularly through Revenue Well and when when the patients are coming in, you need to you need to talk to your your patients about. Um, a membership program if they would be interested in switching from their dental insurance straight to your program, right? Um, that's what I've been telling people. So That's a good thing. And yeah. as well as uh, right now is a good time to talk about flex accounts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so we have a great uh, pro- protocol to send out to patients, letting them know that we're part of medical, not to forget that if you're not going to have dental insurance uh, or if you just decided to buy a different type of insurance, then go ahead and put it on your flex because yeah. that's a great way to pay for it. Have you been uh, successful with flex, uh, getting uh, people to uh, get covered uh, for these type of insurances? Uh, for with with like membership programs, our system allows for, for that type of payment. Um, if if a patient has that type of uh, uh, funds, that they could they could use that to pay for their membership program as well. Yeah, which is a, another yeah. fantastic idea um, for practices at this time. Yeah, so that we would be able to help out. We yeah. could actually predict knowing that they have treatment plans that they should be doing soon. And if they were to get this program on how much they could actually save uh, if they were to go that way uh, and start building the schedule for January and February right now. Nice. Wow. You can do that with Revenue Well in, in Revenue Well? Yeah. So you can predict. Absolutely. Wow. Go into details on that. I want to know. <laughs> so we, would, we, we would do a custom campaign. Yeah. Okay. And so I'll, I'll take a track. Uh-huh. Let's say we know that a patient is, still has $1,500 left. This is the last year that they will have dental insurance. We're going to prep them for the new insurance uh, in the house policy that we have. Mm-hmm. And they have two implants to place. So let's say let's implants right now and restore in January, February. So we know that oh, for a fact that if they do the two implants right now that they propose, the insurance will cover half if there was Delta or if there was MetLife. And then we know that we need an X amount of money for abutments and crowns, and we can already give them the new treatment plan that is discounted if they were to purchase mm. or what mm. they would have to pay if they have no plan at all. Yeah. So we can do a comparison, and Very that cool. becomes a huge. And I don't have to discount at 40%. I could still charge my $1,500 fee mm-hmm. and be happy with it. It's not $1,800, but... 1500 bucks is good for me as well. Oh, yeah. And so it's predictable things that you have inside your practice management software. So I would actually run a detailed treatment plan report out of EagleSoft, for instance, of all the patients uh, that have a treatment pending in the last 24 months or even 36 months. Wow. And see if they have insurance, communicate only to those patients without insurance hmm. that is in right now that they weren't ready before, but now they're ready and they've actually been thinking about it. Things have been bothering them, yeah. right? And now with an offer, an opportunity to get an insurance at the beginning of the year or at the end of the year or however it is that they want to do it, it will really benefit them. Wow, that's super cool. Yeah, I had no idea that, that you guys did anything like that with Revenue Well. So I guess I need to do a demo and learn more. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> My thoughts are different than most of the people. Most of the people that work for Revenue Well are not dental people. So they haven't been in an office. They haven't written any checks. They don't know what the overhead is. Yeah. And uh, 
So, you know, like you've been doing marketing forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. So give me an idea if I do external marketing, what is a good return on my investment? If I spend a dollar, how much do I want back? Oh, well, I, man, I don't know like that for, for a dental office, what they would be looking for, but you want more than the dollar, <laughs> right? You do. You yeah. want more than the dollar. What people don't realize is that the first six and a half cents, 65 cents of every dollar goes to overhead. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, so, so if you spend a dollar, you know, you need quite a bit back yeah. before you start being profitable. And so with a case like this insurance, what you're doing, mm -hmm. an in-office policy, that is a great ROI because oh, yeah. you're actually getting cases. It's not just somebody that is buying to get a couple of fillings done or even for that or a couple of profies a year. These are people that know they have problems and this yeah. is I've been tracking know that they have problems, who have not been to the dentist because of financial reasons, now are starting to find out all over the television that there are companies that are doing these type of discounts and will choose somebody else over you because you don't have it available. Yeah, That is absolutely. ridiculous. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Uh, these membership programs, in-house savings plans, whatever the practice calls it, right? There's a few different words. Um, they they definitely are, are growing in popularity and more and more uh, patients are actually searching for uh, practices that have this type, uh, be, this type of program in their practice because in the United States, over half the United States does not have dental insurance, which is a good thing for those practices that are building and, and growing membership programs. So, Alex, any yes. uh, we're, we're getting ready to we'll close the episode here. What yes. any any final tips or or thoughts for our audience? Final tips and thoughts. Yeah. Make up your mind. Literally, sit down and take everything aside and think about your patients. Think about the revenue and think about how you're gonna grow your practice. And you can do a whole bunch of different things and you should do a whole bunch of things. Of this should not be the only thing in your bag. No, no. But <laughs> every practice should have a plan, a membership plan to offer to their customers, especially to the ones that say no. And it should be discussed the problem is implementing it. The problem is educating everybody on it. Absolutely. So if you use revenue well, you would be able to create a nice YouTube video to explain the why. Why are we doing it? Why are we so passionate about it? And revenue well can get it out there for you. And besides, you have every practice has a practice inside of it. And what I mean is, they say that dentists are not really good business people and they don't have an ability to sell. That is so far from the truth. All of us would love to get the penetration that the dentist, 50, 60% sales ability. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy. Pretty, that's pretty good. <laughs> but the other 50, you know, 40, 30% represent quite a bit of money. Yeah. And it re represents quite a bit of amazing things that you can do for your community. So before we go, if a Revenue Well customer really starts thinking about it and says, you know, now before the end of the year, I'm going to figure this out and I want to do it. How easy is it to implement a program with you? Uh, an in-house membership program? With us, a, a practice can literally sign up with us and, and within 
a, f a few minutes to few few days depending on you know their situation and if they've got their plans ready they can they can set up a membership program uh, very quickly and start promoting it through a platform like revenue well within within a few minutes to a few days uh, with with signing up yeah do you help them with uh say that one more time you cut out a little bit <laughs> uh, do you help your new customers with marketing material? Yeah, we give all of our, our new customers marketing material. We help them. Uh, we do a plan analysis with all of our, our practices that, that use our platform, and they um, make sure they, they have it set up to where they want it, and then we actually review it as well to make sure that they're making money off of it because the worst thing in the world, in my opinion, is a practice signing up creating their own plan and they are losing money right from the get-go so we we help them analyze all that as well um, and then we give them uh, brochures we give them uh, custom marketing materials for uh, like like posters and and other things like that, that they can use inside of the office and then like we have some pre-designed like digital social media posts that they can use for Facebook and all their social platforms so yeah, do some marketing. Last question. <laughs> yeah. Who collects all the funds? Is it something that we charge annually, just one-time fee that we collect on a monthly basis? Who collects it? Who distributes it? How do you know? Like, how does this happen? Yeah, that's a great question. So when a practice signs up with with our software, they um, they link up their bank account with our software. So our software will collect it, but then it deposits right into the practice's business bank account. Or whatever bank account they assign it to, um, so all the funds run through Boom Cloud, but they they're collected and deposited directly into the the practice's bank account. Like no funds go and get held into our account. We're not an insurance company, right? It passes right through to <laughs> um, it, the practice's account. So that's that's how that works. A lot of practices will do uh, monthly and yearly plans. So patients will either pay a monthly for a monthly plan or a yearly depending on their yeah. situation a lot i've noticed a lot of like bigger families will are more likely to pay for monthly plans and retirees are more likely to pay for yearly plans right yeah. so um those are the types of plans and there's there's pros and cons to both i i i like both and i would recommend all practices to have you know two plans uh, the monthly and a yearly minimum yeah. um but that's how that would work on a on a financial end, and then everything is deposited right into the practice's bank account. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I thank you very much for this time. Next time, <laughs> totally. I will have a lot more questions. <laughs> no, dude, no, this is good. So, if any of our listeners are are looking to uh, find out more information about Revenue Well, where where can they go for that? Revenuewell.com. Easy. Revenuewell.com. Mm -hmm. If they want to reach out to you, do you do you email practices? Do they do you allow communication with with people that have questions? I am not the best person in the world <laughs> to get in touch with because you see me on the road traveling to yeah, other you're days always a year. traveling. Yeah, but <laughs> yes, if anybody wants to reach out to me, it is a newdel at revenuewell dot com. A n u g e l at Re You can pop it up probably. Yeah, I'll, at revenuewell.com. I'll put it in the show notes, Alex, so so they won't mess up. <laughs> Give everybody my cell phone number. Call me, y'all. Awesome. Yeah, I'll do that. So I'll put everything, all your contact information in the show notes. But Alex, it was such an awesome time to have you on our show today. Uh, so 
we hopefully can get you on the show again in the future. We'd love to pick your brain. You're you're very knowledgeable in the in the the dental space and very helpful in the industry. And so are you, Jordan. <laughs> I, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, have I a good one, Alex. That. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.